With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the art studio. I am your host, Dan Burke. I hope all of you are having a great day in your art studio, and I hope the art is coming out well. It's been a long time since I've been here in the art studio recording, so let's get right to it. I have an interesting story to tell you. When I first went to art school, I wanted to be a sculptor. Not an uh, artist drawing with a pen and paper per se. I wanted to sculpt. So my teacher at school, at the art college, at, well, the art program I went to, at the college I went to, he was just there marking time, pretending to be an art teacher. I didn't know that. He didn't know anything about sculpting. Absolute zero. So I took sculpting there for two years, and every sculpture I made, big, intricate sculptures, fell apart and didn't make it, even into the kiln. I didn't know then the absolute basics of sculpting. I didn't know anything about sculpting. And so with each piece, I got more ambitious, and with each piece, they fell apart after I'd worked on them for weeks and weeks. The simple reason for this is I didn't know about armatures or how they worked or how they were part of sculpting. And since my teacher didn't know a thing about art and sculpting, he never taught me a thing over the two years I was there. So, after all my sculptures fell apart for two years and I got a D in art, I said to myself, I'm just not a good sculptor. It's not, I'm not cut out for it. I can't do it. So I stopped. And I went into drawing uh, almost exclusively. Years later, I found a product, a self-hardening two-part epoxy called Aves Epoxy Sculpt, that you could use for sculpting without a kiln. It would self-harden, and you could really make some fantastic projects with it. It's quite a great material. I think it was invented for taxidermy in the 1800s. Anyway, with the use of this new product and something else very important happened, I came across a guy at a Comic-Con who was selling sculpture videos. How to do sculpting. His name was Wayne the Dane Hansen. So I bought his one or two of his sculpture videos. Can't remember, but they're like 18 hours a piece, if you can believe it, on VHS. Anyway, he really teaches you how to sculpt, how to build armatures, human anatomy, faces, the whole thing. This whole this, this series of tapes he produced was a great course in sculpting, and there I learned everything I never knew. And with that new knowledge. And using Abe's epoxy sculpt, a self-hardening clay, I was able to return to sculpting and produce some really great sculptures. And this all didn't happen until much later on. Maybe, I don't know, 12, 13, no, longer, 15 years after I get given up initially. I really thought that I was unable to sculpt. I didn't know the first thing about sculpting. And I didn't know that I didn't know the first thing about sculpting. And all my pieces that I would build that defied gravity would fall apart. Well, of course they'd fall apart. They had no armature in them. 
If only I'd have known. And because I love sculpting so much, I wanted to do it. Even though I knew I was terrible at it and knew I couldn't progress with it, I still wanted to do it. And so I returned to it. Again, buying these videos, finding materials that could, I, could work for me. It changed everything. And I'm so glad I didn't give up. I'm so glad. And I think about that all the time. How utterly convinced I was that I could not do it. I don't know if there's a moral to this story. It's not really don't give up. But maybe it's if you love something, do it anyway. You don't really know how it's going to return uh, turn out. Now, later on in life that I've sculpted many, many pieces, I can't tell you how much happiness it has brought me to be able to sculpt. And absolutely convinced I couldn't do it. Isn't that something? Walked out of my life at 20 years old going, well, can't do that. And had absolute proof of it. Absolute proof that I couldn't do it. Many, many failed sculptures and terrible grades in college to show for it. So, isn't that fascinating? <laughs> it shows you don't know what you don't know. You know, you might really try hard at a business or a venture or something, but because you don't know how to do it, you don't have any success at it. So you give up and you say, well, you know, getting fit is not for me or, you know, algebra is not for me or whatever is not for you. The whole thing could be the difference between a good teacher and a bad teacher. Good information versus bad information. Good technique versus bad technique. You might have the right materials, but not know how to use them, and so on. So, I guess this is more of a cautionary tale for all of us that love something and give up on it. Because I think all of us may have encountered that once or twice. We really wanted to do something, but it turned out we really sucked at it, so we just shelved it. Maybe we didn't have all the information. That's what I'm trying to get to here. Maybe we didn't know what was really lying ahead for us. Maybe it would turn out that we would be terrific at it. There's a story about a guy. Uh, his name is Ronnie Coleman. He's a bodybuilder. And he, at his first really big pro show, he came in like dead last. But he loved competing. So he would continue competing and training and competing and training. And... By the merest of chance, it turned out that he, over many years of training, built his body into an unbelievable package and became, I think, seven or eight-time Mr. Olympia, which is the World Bodybuilding Championships. But if you had looked at his career at any point before the winning, it was nothing but losing. He was, he was not destined to be great. You'd look at him and say, nope, not going to be great. It was only through a combination of hard work uh, and great genetics and applying himself, and you can't underestimate the hard work, that he was able to advance himself when literally no one, I mean no one thought this guy was going to do anything. And because he's coming in dead last in contests, it's pretty convincing proof that he isn't going to go very far. But lo and behold, years later, he becomes the top dog. Maybe there's something to be said for doing what you love, hanging in there doing it, and continuing always to try to learn. Continue to educate yourself on the thing that you love. 
You know, it's like people that resist becoming a digital artist and then eventually become a digital artist because they find out how easy it is and how fast it is and how great you can color in digital apps. And, you know, it's better than trying to color, you know, watercolor pages by hand and scanning them and all this other stuff that going digital helps with and so on. People resist all sorts of things and they resist learning. And I think that's the biggest mistake we can make as people. We got to continue to learn. Even if it's you're a master at your craft, I think you should continue to learn in it. Continue to push yourself. Continue to do new and exciting things. I think that's the only way to keep ourselves interested in, and stimulated in doing things that we love to do. You've got to keep learning, pushing, and so on, like I just said. Anyway, I don't want to repeat myself. I wanted to bring up this story as an opener to the art studio because it says so much about art, life, opportunity, what we make of it, and what can happen. You don't know what's going to happen. You just don't know. It doesn't mean you're going to be a huge overnight millionaire success. That doesn't, it also doesn't mean you're going to be a horrible, horrible failure. You don't know where you're going to land with stuff, especially when you take money off the table and say, just how good can I get with technique and style? Like, how far can I push my art on a personal basis? And, you know, if you apply 20, 30, 40 years to something, you're bound to get pretty good. You're just bound to. You're going to develop some kind of good style technique, something. So I think applying yourself and continuing to learn and expand your repertoire of technique is the key to the whole thing. And if you keep doing that, keep pushing yourself, you're bound to get better. And doing the thing you love will become more rewarding. There's no question that discipline is a big part of what our eventual enjoyment and joy to our life, uh, getting that into your life, I guess. You know, joy is somehow produced by disciplining yourself to do the things you love to do. <laughs> I'm not saying it's over, you know, skipping the floor happiness, but it, it's, a, it's a sense of satisfaction from applying effort to yourself and discipline that can only be given to yourself by doing that. You're the only one who can do it for yourself. Anyway, uh, let's go on to the rest of the art studio. I'll be back in just a minute. Going to take a pause here. But I'd like to welcome you back into the art studio here in October of 2019. Can you believe it's here already? Uh, all right, I'm back. I... I guess I'll answer some questions now from the art studio. Uh, Dan, where have you been and what have you been doing? What have you been up to? That's a good question. I moved away from where I live now and where I lived for 12 years because they raised my rent. I had to move to a small town out of the city. Not much was going on there. Not even able to get a job and so on. For two years, I didn't do art almost. I kind of just sat there and thought. Now, you're thinking, what were you thinking about? What was keeping you so busy? Well, I take care of my daughter, but that doesn't really keep me very busy, you know, taking care of a house, just a matter of laundry and dishes and so on. But imagine a man treading water in the middle of the ocean. He's holding on to a flotation device, not even in a raft or a boat, holding on to a flotation device and treading water. That's how I've felt. That's the situation I've found myself in for the last few years. When I was young, 
I sold art, made money, all different kinds of ways. And now that I've gotten older, none of those tricks work. There is no want ads to run, you know, or pardon me, yellow pages to run ads in and so on and so on. Uh, no, nothing works. Setting up a website, running ads, that doesn't work. Seems like everything's gone to Amazon, to Facebook. Facebook advertising, Google advertising doesn't work. Uh, so all the tricks and all the things I learned through my 20s, 30s, and 40s no longer amount to anything. Those things I learned uh, don't allow me to make money. And everybody has to make money to survive. So I've sort of been in this survival mode. And it's hard to make plans into the future uh, when you're in this weird survival mode. I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing things. Everybody has to be. But I still find myself on the wrong side of it where I'm thinking and worrying more than I'm doing anything else. So over the last two months, I've forced myself to come back and do art. I've literally sat down and forced myself to do art. And it's been a good thing for me. Uh, that's been a very good thing. I hope I answered the question where I was and what I've been doing. I haven't been doing much. And uh, I was just, uh, you know, sitting there in my home, <laughs> reading books and not doing very much for a long time. Uh, anyway... Back to the now. I have forced myself to do art again, which has gotten my creative juices flowing. And I've encountered something again that I think might be valuable to you as a piece of advice. So let's let's have it. I would advise doing a piece of art once, twice, three times, four times, maybe more over a period of time in order for you to understand how your brain works and how art and progress are linked together by what you and I would call practice. So, very simply, choose a subject you really want to draw or sculpt or create, whatever it is you're really after. Create that thing. Draw it, produce it, and then do it again. After you've finished and completed it, sit down and do it all again. One thing I can tell you, it's going to go a lot faster the second, third, fourth time. Uh, you're going to do it a lot better. You're going to find inside the learning uh, a great expansion of technique and style. I think that each time you draw it, and you have to give a sincere effort. You just can't you know, half-ass it. You have to give it 100% effort. You will find that the drawing begins to draw itself. <laughs> it's quite amazing how that works. It doesn't happen the first time. Sometimes happens the second time. Sometimes the third. When I do pieces now, I do the pieces at least two or three times, whether it's a painting, a drawing, or even a sculpture. And I can't tell you how, how much it affects my art. Like the third or fourth sculpture of the exact same object is so much better than the first one or the second one. Same with drawings, watercolors, pencils, doesn't matter. My first drawing may be very good and professional, but my second one's better and my third one is even better. So I send out to you, my friends in the art studio, try this and you'll be amazed at what you learn and what happens. You know, if the drawing first took you four hours to do and it was painstaking, it's only going to take you two hours to do the second one and it'll be less painstaking. And let's say it is painstaking. Let's say it takes a whole other four, five, six, eight hours to do it again. That's okay. Somewhere in the middle of doing this, you will learn what I'm trying to explain to you.
One of the ways to experience this is to wake up every day and for five minutes draw the same thing, like a portrait of yourself in the mirror or an object on your desk or something in nature in front of you. Every single day, take five to ten minutes, the exact same amount of time, and draw the thing. Do it like first thing in the morning when you have time, if that's possible. You will find some days you draw it super fast and easy. Some days it's extremely painstaking to draw the damn thing. Some days you can barely draw it. And some days it draws itself. It's just amazing how that works. Two or three days out of, let's say, 30 days that you draw the same object, you'll be amazed at how well you draw. It's like your eyes and your coordination and everything's clicking perfectly. And it is clicking perfectly. It's a fact. So... There's a way to find that by doing what I just suggested to you, doing the same thing over and over and over. Now, the most important part of the thing is not doing it over and over like a robot. It's applying the mental effort. You must give it 100% effort each time. Even if you're just sketching something for five minutes, you've got to shut off the phone, the TV, the radio, me, And just apply all the mental effort you can to drawing that thing as best you can in the style that you want to draw it in. You will find some magic in there. I promise you. You really will. If you draw or paint or sculpt the same thing two or three or four times, you will discover exactly what I'm talking about. And the differences are profound. By the time I am on to my second or third sculpture of something, because sculptures take weeks and months, not not ours, is that by the time I go to sculpt the thing the second time, I have learned so many lessons from the first thing I sculpted and made so many mistakes and this and that and the other that by the time I approach it the second time, it's almost effortless. Isn't that amazing? It like sculpts itself. <laughs> I know, it's it's crazy. And drawing has been a little more difficult. I find as I draw and paint the same painting over and over again, same subject, that I do get definitely better, but I still, I guess I'm not 100% satisfied with the final product is the answer, and so I'm still pushing myself to get better. But each product does get better, and there are profound changes. And I find looking over, you know, paintings of the same subject, that you will find each painting has something unique inside it that the other ones don't. Use of color, use of light, how you handle things that day. You'll see some really profound changes inside the work, which is supposed to be exactly the same. Now, one thing I do is I don't look at the old work after I've produced it. I set it down, I put it in a book, and I go on and produce the new object totally fresh. And I think that's important. You know, I've learned all my lessons from the previous art, and now I'm going to apply them onto the next one. You can look back, of course. There's no harm in that. But I'm just saying that it's... It's important to approach it with a fresh mind, if that makes any sense, and with fresh enthusiasm. Uh, So give it a go. Draw something two, three, four times and see if you don't get better at it. Another question, how has my art affected my family? I think my family appreciates my art as an artist. I think they're sort of sad for me that it didn't pan out to be a great financial adventure. (laughs) Uh, I think they were hoping for so much more for me. And since my brothers are really smart and really hardworking, I think it's difficult for them to see the value in this sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. 
that's the best way to put it. My, my one daughter is extremely uh, positive about my art. She's a big fan, you might say. She has read my cartoons and can actually quote them back to me, which is amazing. So she knows all about my work and really likes it. She especially pushes me to draw in my own style. She likes my cartoon work, which you and I would call just my, you know, off the cuff, uh, sitting down drawing cartoons in a mad magazine like style. She loves that part of my work, and uh, I do too, because I think that's the part of my work that comes directly from my id. You know, when I'm doing wacky, crazy cartoons, I think that that directly is tapping into my sense of humor, who I am, the way I see the world, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, being able to express that is, is important. Anyway, she encourages me to do that, and that really, really helps me, because it's good to have at least somebody encouraging you to do art. Most of us don't get a lot of encouragement. We don't get a lot of attaboys or keep going or hey, pretty good. The closest we get to that is a Facebook like, I suppose, on our artwork. But it really does help to have people around you who encourage you. It can be the difference between success and failure, doing it or not. How many famous people have we uh, heard say that they owe it all to their family who was behind them pushing them? It's a real thing, having your family behind you pushing you. It's, it's, it's real. So I think it's important. And having my daughter, you know, believe in my art, even though I'm pretty discouraged by the fact that I can't sell a, a pixel, uh, is a good thing. It's weird. You know, I sold art my whole life, and now I sit here at the end of it, more or less, and, uh, you know, my talent is as good as it's ever going to get, as good as I'm ever going to be, and I can't sell a thing. Isn't that crazy? Fate, luck, timing, who knows what the hell it is. But uh, it was a, really, it was a bridge I had to cross. Like, if I'm not going to make money at art, what's the end game? Because I feel ashamed at spending time at doing something that doesn't make me money. Which I shouldn't. I'm just telling you the truth. I shouldn't feel ashamed of it. But I feel like, oh, you need to be spending your time doing you know more important things. And we've talked about this. Uh, you know, mental gymnastics we all do, wrestling we do. You know, do we do art because we love it or do art because we want to make money? We do it for both reasons, neither, that kind of thing. So, you know, for me, having no end game with my art, just basically painting a painting and then putting it under the bed and painting another painting and putting it under the bed, and I don't really share it to, with the world, basically, maybe once in a while on Facebook, it doesn't add up to me. I, I it turns out that I like to share my art, stories, cartoons, whatever, with the world. And even having a small, meager, tiny audience, uh, it seems to help fulfill that for me as opposed to having no audience, no end game. So I need some kind of end game with my art. I would like to make money with it, but if I can't, I would at least like to put it out there. And I guess when we say put it out there, since we're not going to publish a magazine with photographs, putting it online is the next best thing we can do. And, you know, you get so many likes and so many, hey, good jobs, and that's the end of it. I can't tell you how much art I have sitting around, just hundreds and hundreds of pieces that no one will ever see, no one will ever know about, and will never go anywhere. I don't know what to do with all that. I don't want this to be a downer, though, because we all have to cross our bridge on what I just said, this, this mental wrestling we do with, you know, how much time do we invest in something that may or may not make money. It's up to each of us to decide that as we go.
I've gotten back into sculpting, as I think I mentioned up front, and it's been really fun to sculpt again. Uh, I started an Etsy store called Weird Art Studio Stuff, which is where I'm putting up my weird sculptures for sale. And I'm I'm pretty much certain I'm not going to sell any of these weird sculptures. <laughs> I'm pretty certain about it. But it's been fun to make them, and it's fun to have a place at least to put them, you know, some kind of quote-unquote end game again, uh, even though it does not add up to anything. Uh, but it's important to me to have that. So in order to fill up my Etsy store full of weird sculptures, it, uh, I must sculpt. So it's giving me some motivation, some place to put them when I'm done, besides wrapping them up in bubble wrap, putting them in a box, and putting them away, which is exactly what happens to them. And someday my kids will have to pull them all out and throw them all in the trash, I guess. Uh, but so it's been really fun to sculpt. I've done like maybe 20 pieces in the last two months. Big, small, some still going because they're bigger. And that's been a lot of fun. It's great to be tactile again. Great to sculpt again. But I think I'm going to stop uh, in just a few weeks. I think I'm, I may, you know, I may keep doing it on the side, but I don't think I'm going to keep doing it with the intensity I've been doing it. Because there's no end game in it. You know, uh, I'm thinking maybe I should do an art show. You know, try to do a live art show in my town. See if that gives me some motivation to produce actual work. Uh, Because there's nothing to be done with it. You know what I mean? Uh, I need something to do with it. (laughs) And so, sculpting's great and everything. But I think that I should go back and draw some more now, maybe. Uh, I'm not really sure. But I think I'm going to slow down in the sculpting. It's expensive, the material, it's time-consuming, it's, uh, it's a lot of work and a big mess, but I have to say, I really, really love it. I really love it. So maybe I'll get to do it on the side as I go forward, you know, something I do after work at night or on Saturdays when I have a day off or something. I hope I can continue with it because it brings me such joy. I don't know if I'll continue with it because I'm not sure what I'm doing with it, you know? I have to be honest, as I've often said, I don't have a lot of ideas. I don't have a lot of original ideas. I I like art. I love to produce art. I'm a fan of art. So I usually get inspired by something, and that helps me make something. Whether I see a cool photo or a person or experience or a movie, and I go, oh, that inspires me to make this. You know, and art does that a lot for me. I look at a lot of art. I look at a lot of art online. I see people making different things, and I go, oh, I'd like to make something similar, or that inspires me to make something like that. Like, you know, you see a picture of a goblin online. You go, oh, I'd like to sculpt my own version of a goblin. That kind of idea. So I spin off other people's ideas, and I find that a great way for me to create art. Like, I just created a guy. It's a little sculpture of, a, of what you want to call a round-headed fellow with a tiny body. And his round head is actually the globe of the world, even though he has eyeballs and lips and a nose. His head is actually the globe. And it was really fun, you know, painting the world map on his head. <laughs> so if you turn him around, you see the earth. Uh, but that's just a weird little clunky sculpt- sculpture, you know. No one really wants or needs anything like that. But I, I wanted to do it, and I did. And it, it has been really fun. So I've been doing a lot of weird, uh, quirky stuff, which has been really fun. Uh, again, I got that idea from watching somebody else do some other weird idea. And I said, oh, well, that idea gives me an idea for my weird idea. So ideas sort of spin from one to the other by themselves. Uh, again, uh, it's like taking flint rock, you know, and you're, you know, and it makes a spark. 
when I look at other people's art and I look at other things that inspire me, books, whatever, it's like a spark. You know, it flints against me and a, a creative spark is created. So I'm always looking for that creative spark because I don't carry it with me. I carry the ambition and the will to do the work, uh, to do something, but I don't have the initial like, oh, I want to sculpt a 16-foot naked guy and call him David, you know, by Michelangelo. I would more look at, you know, the Michelangelo's David and go, oh, I'd like to sculpt my own version of a perfect man. How can I do that? You know, and I'm going to do it about eight inches tall, (laughs) not 16 feet high. You know, that kind of thing. So looking at art really, really inspires me. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'll bet it's the same. I'll bet there are certain artists, certain things, or maybe not just whatever randomized stuff comes to you that you look at and go, whoa, that really inspires me and makes me want to create art. It's especially uh, when you see someone who's really creating. Like there's a guy on that line on Facebook right now. I don't know what's going on with him, but he's been like hell on fire creating stuff. Every day it seems he has a new drawing, new painting, new project, new thing, and it's all being produced live right in front of you. He even does the, the live Facebook drawing things. And this guy's got so much energy and so much going on, and I think he's in his late 60s. And man, he is just producing like a, like crazy. Like looking at Kim Deitch, who's a famous artist. I'm friends with him on Facebook. I'm not his friend. I just follow him on Facebook. But his ability to create beautiful art day after day, week after week, and he posts as he goes, is amazing. You can see the incredible creative energy these artists have, male and female. And that really inspires me. When I see people really kicking ass and taking names and really being creative just because they want to be and they can be. Uh, it's like watching a magician do amazing magic tricks and it makes you want to do magic tricks. So I find watching other people in their creative endeavors very inspiring. Not everybody, but some people. So that's what I've been having been going on for two years. I've been sitting around doing nothing. And then a few months ago, said to myself, man, i got to force myself to do art again. I've got to force it. And I did force myself, and it's been really fun. I've done some great pieces, uh, and I'm I'm glad that I've pushed myself to do art again. Uh, it's given me something to do in my free time, something to look forward to besides you know reading a book or watching TV or something. So that's been good. I don't know if I'm going to do more more art studio shows because I don't have a lot to say anymore. And as I suggested, I'm more of a guy treading water right now so I'm trying to think about what happens next moment to moment as opposed to thinking what's going to happen weeks from now now of course I'm old and smart and savvy and I know that I'm going to be around here for months and I hope so years Uh, so I know that time will march on one way or another so maybe if I can you know produce some mental calmness bring myself to a safe shore where I can sit and relax for a while I'll be able to think contemplate and produce more art studio shows because I need to reflect on things in order to, you know, talk to them, to you. Not always. Probably if I did a live interview show or a live talk show, I think I could do that forever. Because I, I can feed off people creatively, especially when I interview folks and talk to them about what they're doing. That's a very easy gig for me, and I like it. So I think that, you know, that would be forever. But just me sitting alone in a room like I am now, chatting to you, 
that's a different ball game altogether. And not a bad ball game. I enjoy it. It's just different. I don't know if I have a lot to say or share. You know, if I had unlimited money right now, I'd do some uh, masterwork sculptures. I'd spend months on them. And I would want to cast them and make reproductions of them. I think I'm in a state right now where I could produce some very beautiful work. But beautiful work is time-consuming. You have to commit to months and months of it. And uh, I think I could do that. I have done that. And I would like to do that maybe one more time. But I'm not really sure, to be honest. It might be better just to sit down and produce, you know, another 20 paintings or something and just practice on my uh, drawing and stuff. I still want to keep making art. I have a lot of... uh, It feels good to produce work, even though, like I say, most of it goes unseen, unknown, shoved into a file folder on my desktop, uh, moved onto a hard drive and back up someday and gone forever. You wouldn't believe all the books and art and stuff I've created. I mean, thousands of pages, literally no one will ever see. And there's nothing to do with them. There's nothing to be done. I'm going to leave you with this. I'm thinking maybe this year or pardon me, coming up the next year will be 220. It might be fun to do a live art show somewhere, an actual live show of my work. It's one thing I've never done as an artist, uh, and I think it might be fun to do it, to produce enough work where I could actually have a show. I don't know where I would have that show, how I produce it, how it would be done, but I think it might be something I would enjoy doing. It's been kicking around in, in the back of my mind, I haven't invited the idea. I haven't thought about it. I don't really need any more fame or notoriety as far as I'm concerned. And I don't think it's going to create art for me as far as selling art. But I think it might might be fun just to have another goal to shoot for where, you know, produce 10 awesome pieces for an art show. Produce 10 sculpted awesome pieces for an art show so people can see your work live and perhaps be amazed by it. That kind of idea. So... Maybe that gives me an end game to produce some really amazing work. I'd like to thank you all for stopping into the art studio today. I hope all of you are having a great time in your art studio. Keep producing art. Keep creating. Keep having fun. Do your thing. And I'll be back here in the art studio working, sculpting, drawing, and treading water. And I hopefully will be back before you know it. Have a great day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.